It's episode 85 of Life's a Garden. And today's guest has listened to all 84 of the previous episodes. That's right, she is a true fan of this podcast. So what are y'all doing? Get on board, like, share, subscribe, become part of the following, become part of the garden. My guest was born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We talk about what it was like growing up in a big college town, LSU. Uh, we talk about what it was like growing up in Louisiana in general and what it's been like moving to Montana. We also talk about uh, addiction and recovery, a very powerful portion of this episode. So we, uh, I would really appreciate it if you stuck around to that part of this episode. It's very uh, just moving and I think it's a very important part of this episode. So please stick around for the whole thing. And without further ado, please welcome to the show, Lisa Levins. First time guest, long time listener. Yeah. I was thinking about this. You might be... The only person, not the only person, but one of very <laughs> few people that have listened to all the episodes. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah, from, well, I didn't start listening when you started, but right. I think it was the episode you did with your dad during Christmas time. It's kind of like when we started talking and meeting and you were like, I have a podcast. And I was like, cool. And that's what I do all day at work is listen to podcasts. And so, yeah, I went back and listened from number one all the way through. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I've listened to them all because yeah. I do them. So I don't. Right. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. I listened to so many of them because it was good to learn what I can fix. Mm -hmm. But then once I got it down, it's like I don't even listen to them hardly anymore. Right. I'm like I'm debating if I want to listen to this one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's, see. It's me. It's weird. There's nothing worse than the sound of your own voice because you're your own worst critic. Oh, yeah. And now I'm so used to hearing it that it's like nothing, which is kind of cool. You know, now I'm not so cringed out by my own voice. Right. I, I know all my little... Uh, Quirks. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm i sure I have a lot of them, but... You never know. Until you hear them. Until you hear them, and then you're like, oh, God, why did I say that? Or what's even worse is watching the video, and then you see all like... You're like, why am I doing that with my hands? Yeah. <laughs> I do that all the time. Yeah, I um I tend to talk with my hands a lot when I'm telling a story. What I tend to do is when I'm nervous, my nervous... Ha or it's not even nervous, but like... I guess ner it's a nervous habit, and it's also like... Just something I do unconsciously is this. Oh, yeah. You will catch me so often in the videos. Like, just while somebody's talking, I'm just going like this. Yeah. I don't know why. I, <laughs> and so, like, there's so much, so many times I... I'm thinking about that, like, what are my hands doing? Don't be doing the thing. Yeah, like Dr. Evil. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, from Louisiana. Yes. Born there? Yes. Correct, okay. And then you're, you've lived here for over a year. Yesterday made a year. Okay, and okay. then just at the year mark, you're heading to the desert. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Never in my wildest dreams did I think a year later I'd be moving to a whole nother state 
again. Well, and that's kind of how it goes. You, you don't plan necessarily yeah. all these things, but um, okay. So what? Why the move? So um, my boyfriend's kids live down there, and um, he got a really good job at the mine, um, making more money, and he was only able to see his kids christmas and like the summer so uh we decided that we would all move down there and be closer to them right basically on. yeah and then what part of nevada is it elko okay i have so, no idea yeah you probably where's that like close to is that northern or? it's like north um what is this east Okay. So I think it's like three and a half hours to Reno and then like seven hours to Vegas. Okay. So it's more like, it'd be, it's actually more like Montana than it is yeah. like Arizona. That's what I told him. I said, I want mountains. I want snow, a sushi restaurant, Ulta, <laughs> and Starbucks. Those are, those are the necessities. That's all I need. As long as they have all that, which they do, it's about all they have, but they They're, have all that, I'll be good. What's the population? I didn't look it up. Oh, okay. It's small. Yeah. It's smaller than Billings. Okay. Say it's about the size of Butte. What kind of mine is down there? Gold mines. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right now, he's at Stillwater. Right. So. I think that's where my buddy works. Uh, yeah. Mac? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like per the episode, I've never met the man. Right? Yeah. See, I don't think I've ever. Like now, I know all these people that work out at the mine. I've yeah. never really known anybody, and then all of a sudden, all these people I know. Oh yeah, I work out at Stillwater. I was like, oh, you probably know my friend. <coughs> yeah. Um. He's, uh, he's a shifter out there, so he's got like his own crew, and I don't know. I don't want to lie, but that's about all I know. Gotcha. It's like a whole nother world to me. Yeah, I I don't understand it myself either. Yeah, he's told me so many times, and I'm like, okay, just, just I, don't know, I don't know what that means. So, yeah, it's funny that everyone like everyone assumes Nevada is just desert. Yeah, because everyone just knows it of Vegas, right? But my cousin's from from Reno mm -hmm. and Tahoe and all that, and that's like ski resort. Yeah, you know, it's it's mountainous. It's just like Montana, really. Yeah, it's Upper it's Northwest. really not bad. It's mountains and it snows, which I'm happy about. And um, it's just it's not green. Yeah, it's brown. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> it's not more... the only difference. But still, and then that's pretty close to here still. Yeah, because your family lives here, right? Your mom, your dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you'll still be close to them. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Just another move. Another another fresh start. I've ne I've moved a lot in my life, but I've never moved state to state. Yeah. Well, me either till last year. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's a good place to start. Uh, tell me, because of course, you know, like I just said, I've never lived anywhere mm -hmm. outside of Montana. What, what, what was it like growing up in Louisiana? What part of Louisiana was it? Um, technically, I'm from Denham Springs, which is in Livingston Parish, because Louisiana has parishes and not counties. And um, But unless you're from there, you're not going to know where that is. So I just say Baton Rouge, because it's like 20 minutes. It's like the difference between Billings and Laurel Okay. to Baton Rouge. And so. Baton Rouge, that's is that LSU's? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's the state capital, too. Yeah, I knew that. I, I just couldn't remember where LSU was located. And I think I remembered that. But Yeah. So, yeah. And then your boy's playing today too. Yeah, he is. I'm nervous. Do you think? Well, okay, yeah. Let's 
what do you think? Do you um, think they got shot? Because by the time this comes out, everyone's going to know. I know. Um, <clears throat> I think this game, we can win. I do, too. Um, I hope we win. But, I mean, like with any sport, you never know. Uh, but the next game... If we make it past this game, the next game's going to be the one that I'm, like, super nervous about. Can we just agree upon one thing? What? Can we just say the Chiefs... Can we just not do that? I almost... Chiefs lose. I almost wore my Chiefs shirt just to <sighs> piss you off. God. Because... <laughs> I don't know. I, I do want the Packers to win, though. Really? Why is that? Wait. No. The Packers are playing the 49ers. Who are the Chiefs playing? The Bills. Bills? Go Bills! I just, I do not want a Chiefs Another Super Bowl Chiefs in the, Super Bowl? Well, in their <laughs> third time? No, come on, yeah. give us something different. Yeah. Because the Bucks look poised to go back again, too. I really think they have a shot to go back. I know. A few episodes ago, I thought not, because their defense just looked terrible. But after what they did last week, it depends, because the Rams are looking pretty good. It's cr- Like, almost all the games were blowouts last week. Yeah. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. I think the only one that was even any good was the Bengals-Raiders. Yeah, and it was a blowout at first, mm-hmm. and then at the end there, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I will say, I I have loved Joe Burrow since mm-hmm. since the college day, you know, since he won the championship, and just even coming back, he's got to be comeback player of the year. Has to be, from yeah. From that injury. He, I think he would have been rookie of the year had he not Absolutely. gotten the inner injury, <clears throat> and then um, him and Jamar Chase... Oh, and Chase is going to be Rookie oh, yeah. of the Year. Oh, yeah. It's like another uh, Gronk and... Um, why can't I think right now? Tom Brady. Tom Brady? Yeah, duo. I think, yeah, they're oh, pretty awesome. They're going to be solid there for a long time. The Bengals might be set up for a while. Yeah. And I love that he's from Ohio. Yeah. And so he went back... And then there's the whole like the LSU Tigers, the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. It's just it's. And then see, I thought that I don't know why. I just thought that they started saying who day because the Saints say who dat and he uh, Louisiana, but no, apparently they've been saying that since like the 70s. Yeah, I think they were doing that before who dat. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but I think it's kind of cool that it's like so close to Louisiana because everybody in Louisiana loves Joe. Yeah. So are you still technically a Saints fan? Yes. Okay. But But you just like your players. Yeah. I um you know, I'd say I'm more of an LSU fan than anything. And being that Joe Burrow, you know, led us to a freaking amazing, perfect season and now he went to the Bengals, I can't just not. Of course. Well, and I'm imag- I imagine being from a big college town. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, obviously I don't know what that's like. And even being from Montana and being a Grizz fan, that doesn't translate into me. And we're not D1. But mm-hmm. being from a D1 college town, I can in only imagine. the SEC. Right. In the most competitive. <laughs> the SEC. Conference in all of college football. It's like that fandom has got to be ingrained in your bones. It is, yeah. Like, you're never going to be a bigger fan of any other team than that college team. Right. And then going to the college games, I've never been to an NFL game, mm. but um, it's just different because you've got the band. Every school has their songs, and then there's chants that go with the songs. Then you got the cheerleaders and the flag team and the dancers, and it's just 
for me, it's more of an experience. I would say so. You got the student section and... Oh, yeah. It's just rowdy and... Everyone says it. People who love college football are bigger fans than people who love NFL football. Yeah. It's just... There's something different about it. And, of course, it's high scoring. Mm-hmm. It's... There's something... Like you said, there's something different about it. Yeah. And I've never really been in that because... And it would probably be different if I was from a D1 town. Yeah. But I've just always been NFL. Mm-hmm. And even though I've tried to get into college football, it help, It doesn't help that I don't have a team. Right. Somebody to root for. Yeah. So yeah. I, I always just kind of piggyback on whatever team I feel like is fun to watch. And that year it was LSU. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was I was pulling for them the whole way. And who'd they play? <coughs> they played Clemson, right? Um, yes. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a game. Ugh. Okay, so back to my original question. We kind of deviated away. Growing up in Louisiana, especially growing up in a college town, what's mm-hmm. that like? Um, I don't Or know. rather, what was that like for you? I guess it was okay. It's, um, it was kind of weird because everybody... Most of Louisiana, especially like southern Louisiana, they're all coon asses, is what we call them, Cajuns. And, mm. But I was raised, my mom's from Germany. Okay. And my dad's originally from like the Pensacola, Florida area. So I really wasn't brought up on like the Cajun food and stuff. So I was raised by a foreigner in the middle of Cajun country. <laughs> that's an, that's interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, I still have love for Louisiana. I mean, that's my home. And I think everybody should go to New Orleans at least once in their life because there's no other place like it. But uh, as far as missing it, I don't at all. That's fair. At all. I'm not down for hot and humid weather. Yeah, I'm not into that either. Yeah, everybody here is like, all my friends at work are like, ugh, it's going to snow again. I'm like, yes! <laughs> and I'm sure I'll get tired of the snow after a couple years too, but I'm much rather negative five degrees because you can layer up and stay warm than... like 102 degrees with the heat index of 106 plus 95 percent humidity you just can't breathe oh i can't even imagine it's gross i i I mean i've been to texas and even crazy enough des moines iowa is super humid really yeah Hmm. because they're just right on the the river oh i'm off i'm thinking ohio's by the great lakes yeah but well i mean they got a bunch of rivers and stuff right through there and it's just i don't know whatever the climate is it just makes it super humid and I just, I do not deal with humidity well. I'm a dry weather. Me too. It took me a long time, like a couple months to get used to it up here. I bet. First off, the elevation for like the first three weeks, I couldn't walk like from my car to the building without being out of breath. Interesting. Yeah. I couldn't go up a flight of stairs without being out of breath. Um, Cause it's like, it's like sea level where you're at, right? Yeah, where I'm from, sea level, and then New Orleans is actually under sea level. Which is insane that you would build a metropolis right below sea level. You're just waiting to get flooded. Well, I mean, I understand, like, when they first landed, they didn't know. Fair okay? enough. Okay? But <clears throat> what I don't understand is people 
because when Katrina hit, it was 2005, August of 2005. So I had just started the sixth grade and um, we were out of school for a month. Our area didn't get affected quite as much. I mean, we lost power for two weeks, which in the middle of August really sucks because you have to open all the windows and then your bed and the floors get moist because yeah it was it was terrible but um i mean i remember in the middle of katrina me and the neighborhood kids were boogie boarding in the flooded uh ditches (laughs) and so we didn't have school for a month and then when we came back to school there was over like 300 new kids from um saint bernard parish and orleans parish because they had lost everything and then like a year later they all moved back oh interesting and i'm I mean, I guess I get it. That's where you're from. But I'm like, why would you move back? Like, it's yeah. bound to happen again. Because it's a fishbowl. It's under sea level. You've got the Mississippi River. You've got the Gulf of Mexico. And then you've got Lake Pontchartrain, which is huge. So it's literally surrounded by water. Like I said, they're just asking for it to fill up. Yeah. I just don't. I That never. You're right on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Or the Gulf. Yeah, well... And you're below. Mm-hmm. I just... I, I never understood that. But, like you said, it's it's like a party town, right? It's fun. Mm-hmm. So... And you've been there a few times, oh, yeah? yeah, several times. Let's hear some tales. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been quite a few times. I never went during Mardi Gras. Oh, wow. Because, of course, everybody who's not from there is like, I want to go during Mardi Gras. And I'm like, that's the last week of the year that I ever want to go to New Orleans because there's so many people. Tourist town, yeah. Yeah, and Bourbon Street is, I mean, it smells like urine. (laughs) (laughs) It's... Always or just on Mardi Gras? Always. Like, technically you can drive a car down there, but you can't because everybody's walking. People are drunk at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, but um, I've had a couple adventures on bourbon street but uh most of the locals that's probably not really the place that they want to go that's more of the touristy spot sure but um yeah me and my friends went we rode a mechanical bull one time and yeah it's fun it's there's a lot of history there too oh i'm sure yeah that's cool yeah i mean i'm definitely interested in in going sometime yeah. I think we're going to go to Nashville this next year. Oh, I've been to Nashville. Yeah? Yeah, I went for a cheerleading competition when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. I forgot you did cheer. Yeah. Competitively. Nice. For a long time. Yeah. It was on ESPN. Really? Mm-hmm. For, yeah. like, it was high school? Um, The high school national cheerleading championship is in um Disney World every year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Orlando? And so, yeah. So, when... I was cheerleading. We were good. Um, I cheered uh, middle school and then my freshman year of high school, and we got third place every time, which out of like 82 teams is not bad, but I think the year I quit, (laughs) they won, and they've been winning every year ever since. So people, I know people who've actually, their parents have sold their house and moved into the school district just so that their daughters could cheer for Live Oak High School. Wow. Yeah. And the coach now used to be my top girl. So I was like, uh, I was a back spot on the bottom and um, she was a top and in middle school, she had really bad nerves and she used to throw up all over the mat during the competition. 
Oh my god. And but she got over that and now she um she actually went and cheered for Alabama of all fucking places. I mean, why wouldn't you though <sighs> if if you get the I offer? Know, I know, but That is like committing a sin. It is. If you're from Louisiana. Yeah. So she cheered for them and now she's coaching the high school team and I th- They've won like six years in a row. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So is it just regional or is that the whole No, that's the whole country. Wow. Yeah. And then they competed at Worlds too where um, they didn't have that when I was in high school. But now they do nationals and they do Worlds. So they're competing against like British teams and Chinese teams and stuff. And they, they win it every year. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. And they, they just... Uh, Usually, like, it's, like, one day out of the year. They'll televise it on ESPN, the competition. Damn, that must be... I could only... Like, if you're competing in the world mm-hmm. cheerleading competitions, like, it's that's... like the Olympics of cheerleading. Right. I mean, that's got to be some high-level shit. Yeah. Because I've seen some cheerleading competitions, and they do some crazy stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I used to... Um, I used to be able to stand on the gym floor and cut a backflip with no hands. Damn. Mm-hmm. I was pretty good <laughs> back in the day. And, yeah, people now are like, can you still do that? I'm like, no, not I always at wanted, all. I always wanted to be able to do, a, like, a standing backflip. Yeah. Too afraid. <laughs> I'd <laughs> land right on my neck. I wouldn't advise it without some training first. Per, yeah. I can do it on a trampoline. <laughs> yeah. That's not a standing backflip, but... I used to, when I was a kid, so the best Christmas present I ever got as a child was a trampoline. hmm And I used to go outside... And because I'm an only child and I, my parents worked, so I'd come home from school, be by myself at the house. And during the summers, I'd be by myself. So I'd go on the trampoline and just cut flips and jump for hours and hours. And I think it was like two years ago, I took my daughter to one of the trampoline parks. And I was like, oh, I can still do this. Oh, the trampoline park here? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and there's one in Baton Rouge, too. Uh, so, yeah, I tried to cut a backflip, which I, I landed it, but after 15 minutes, I was done. I yeah. was, I tapped out. I was like, I can't breathe. And it's for a good like, exercise. For a week, I couldn't walk after that. I was so sore, and I was like, God, I'm getting old. <laughs> I've seen so many leg break videos from trampolines, like, I'm too afraid to even go on them anymore. Yeah, it's can be pretty i've flown off the trampoline quite a few times see yeah i'm <laughs> not into that i definitely had my share of like falling through the springs or whatever yeah yeah not fun we used to wrestle on trampolines we used to do like wrestling matches and stuff like that yeah we used to put like sprinklers under them oh yep yep, yep. and all that stuff trampolines are fun oh yeah dangerous but fun yeah um, so, okay, I was now I'm curious. How did your parents meet if she's from Germany, your dad's from Pensacola? Yeah. Like, how did that happen? Um, so, my dad was in the military, and he got stationed over there. And um, I think he was over there for, like, two years, and they met. They actually got married over there. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then my mom uh, moved back when he got stationed back in Louisiana in Leesville, which is... A shithole. <laughs> Everybody calls it Sleesville. And uh, my mom said she got off the plane and she could smell it. Oh. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, what the fuck did I get myself into? She, uh, yeah, that was like, 
like instant regret red flags yeah so then i'm assuming he retired from military and then um yeah i don't really don't know i probably should but i don't know the details i think he only did like four years is that like the basic commitment i have no idea Uh, yeah me either but um yeah, so he got out, and they moved to the Denham Springs area, Baton Rouge, and um, and then he learned how to be a diesel mechanic. Like, he worked on uh, tanks and stuff, I think. Oh, wow. And so that's what he's been doing ever since. He works on, um, well, I don't. I think he's a manager now, so he has, really doesn't have to do much work, but for a long time, he worked on, like, uh, diesel engines. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's pretty damn good. Yeah. And then what what made him want to move up here? Um, so my mom and my dad divorced when I was ten. Okay. So my stepdad, um so I guess my parents got divorced when I was nine. My mom married my stepdad when I was like ten or eleven. And he ended up getting a job in the oil field in North Dakota. And he worked there for seven years. And so we got to see him maybe every four or five months. Oh wow! For two weeks, for seven years, and my damn, that's hard. I don't know. How, yeah, it'd be hard to stay together. Exactly, and so my mom was like, "I want to move and be up closer to him, but I don't want to live in North Dakota." <laughs> right. So we kind of picked. Uh, we knew we wanted to go to Montana because. Also, like, my mom's been wanting to get out of Louisiana since she got there. Based on what you you just told me, I can see why. Yeah, and um, I've always been a fan of leaving Louisiana. So, uh, we love the mountains and the colder weather. So, we picked Montana. And then we we were looking at Bozeman, but it's just too expensive there. And then we thought about Helena, but there's not enough jobs for, like, me and my mom there. So Billings was kind of like the best. Well, that's the biggest one that's closest to North Dakota as well. Yeah, so it, it makes sense. Yeah, so we get to see him a lot more now, and nice. Yeah, we're we love it here. Very nice, and like, um, oh, I had a question. I totally spaced it out. <laughs> Talking about, um, oh, so does your dad still live in Louisiana then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, my dad and my stepmom are still in. Still in Livingston Parish. So you can always go back and visit. I, I can go back and visit. <laughs> I will never I will never live there again. Now, you said you weren't raised on Cajun food, but you enjoy have, yourself some Cajun food. I do. I specifically remember you showing me some Cajun food. Yes. That was interesting. Interesting. Well, I'm not a seafood guy. Yeah. You know, so I, and it's the crawfish was good. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'll, I'll describe crawfish as being like basically a big shrimp. That's what it reminded me of, like the taste. Yeah. It just, that's what it tasted like to me. Yeah. Like a big shrimp. Yeah. I feel like it's a lot of work for not a lot of meat. Yeah. I was getting it down though, getting the yeah, tails. Yeah, you got to be fast with it. Yeah, I was like, not Like, you've got to have. I remember the there was some people at the table like next to us, and the lady was just staring at me because I was ripping through them so fast. Well, I remember <laughs> I, I remember that too, and I remember her having problems like she didn't understand how. Yeah. And then you're over here like a wizard, but I mean you're from there, so you've yeah. done it several times. There's such a t- there's a technique. Yeah, this is that Cajun fatties. If anybody's curious, yeah, they have f- good food. They have really, really good food. Yeah, and it's it's like authentic because I I was apprehensive because I'm like, 
is this somebody from Montana that's like trying to make Cajun food? But no, um, the lady, she's actually from Louisiana and they get their stuff imported from Louisiana. So it's, it's very good and it's very authentic. Yeah, no, and you know what surprised me was the alligator bites. Mm -hmm. That was really good. I love alligator. I actually had a dream last night that I had a dream that I was back in Louisiana and our neighbors gave us an alligator to smoke on the pit. And we did. And so I woke up and I was like, oh, God, some alligator would be good. I always, just because you said that, you know what image popped in my head? Water boy when they're just eating the all like the full alligator <laughs> on the stick. Yeah. Like anytime I think of Louisiana, that's usually the image I get in my head is just Bobby Boucher and the and Water Boy. Well, I saw a meme the other day and it was like uh it was something about Louisiana, we love our number nines. Yep. yep. Joe Burrow, Bobby Boucher and um Drew Brees. Drew Brees. That was I saw a Bobby Boucher jersey last night. Really? Yes, and I was I saw it and I was like, I want that. <laughs> it was so yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I miss. That's one of the apart from my friends and family. I, that's what I miss the most about Louisiana is the food. Oh really? Yes. Yes, I mean it was. Oh I oh, you probably heard this on the podcast, but I had gumbo for the first time. Where at Dallas? Oh, okay, so it was good. Yeah, it was really good. Because Rip and Chop House has a gumbo. Not good. No, no. (laughs) Uh, I was, it was appalling. Um, I haven't had Cajun Fatty's gumbo. I'm sure it's good. Yeah, that was the first time I'd ever had gumbo. And it was like, you know, I had the shrimp. It was so good. And the sausage and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know really how to do it. Now, here's here's the problem. You mean how to do it? Well, you you put the rice in first, and then you do the... Yeah. A lot of people put a scoop of potato salad in it, too. Interesting. Yeah. So I didn't even know it had rice in it. I didn't know that's how you did it. Yeah. But it was really, really really tasty. Here's the problem, though, I had. Before that, I was hungover. I was already hungover waking up for that game. (laughs) We had McDonald's breakfast. I had like hash browns and a breakfast burrito and mm-hmm. a cup of coffee. Then I get handed free gumbo because we were just chilling by some fans. Yeah. Bronco fans. And uh, they had, the guy was making gumbo and he's like, hey, if you guys want some gumbo, come come have some. So we're like, a Broncos fan made the gumbo? <laughs> well, I'm sure he was from Texas. Though. Yeah. I know. I'm just, it's weird because you would think that it would be a Dallas yeah. fan that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still Southern, I guess. Yeah. But it was cool. Like, they just invited us. So it was like, yeah, we'll join the party and just hang out. But but now my gut's filled with McDonald's breakfast, coffee, gumbo. Guy hands me free beer. It's it's not even Ooh. 11 o'clock. You know, it, it's 10 o'clock. Yeah. So I'm chugging beer. And that's all before I even got into the stadium. So my gut's just gurgling before yeah. then. And luckily, it simmered down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, I was not expecting just to have a full belly going into the game at noon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's... So, so people eat some weird things in Louisiana, though. Okay. Like? Um. So I guess I'll just tell you, like, some of the stuff that I've tried. Um, of course, I've had alligator... I've had raccoon. Which, I've heard of that. Which is 
not good. I imagine it's greasy. It's very greasy. Okay. And like almost chewy. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um, but a lot of people like it. Um, people eat possum. I've never had possum just because I've seen what they look like before and it's like a big rat. Yeah. Um Real it's... quick, I have a story about a possum. So we were in San Diego going mm-hmm. to a football game and we, we were just like walking around this area of San Diego. And we're—I just remember looking. We were walking through a parking lot, and I looked back, and I saw what it was just a giant rat <laughs> running by. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And then it dawned on me it was a possum, but I thought it was just a giant mu- like mutant rat. Yeah, because their tails are so like Master Splinter. <laughs> yeah, it was like, "Where's the turtles?" <clears throat> so, um, my ex, my um, oldest child's father, we were all like drinking at the time and we were sitting around a fire one night and I was in high school I think this was before my kids were born and um his dad had caught a possum in a trap and shot it in the head and so it died right you'd think yeah well we thought you know didn't dawn on everybody hey possums play dead so for like two hours this possum's like dead and then all of a sudden it jumps up and like hisses and and I was like, holy shit. It scared the shit out of all of us. And then we had a, they shot it a couple more times and then it actually died. But after that and like their teeth and so I was like, I'm not down for eating, eating that. Yeah. I would imagine that's pretty greasy too. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've had squirrel. Squirrel's actually really good. Um, that we <laughs> we had it kind of like in a rice and gravy. Okay. And um, I've had rabbit, but I know. I mean, I know people like down the road that would pay you for like roadkill to like cook. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, it's. They just eat anything. Yeah, what, is they this a eat Chinese neutral, wet market. They eat Nutrarat. Do you know what that is? No. So it's a actually an invasive species. It's I think they brought it over from like France like back in the day, but don't fact check me on that. Um but it's it's like a big water rat. Kinda looks like a rat, but a beaver ish mm, thing. Sounds appetizing. Yeah, and they live in like the marsh and the swamp and they're eating away the marsh. So like they people like pay you to like go and kill them and right. stuff, but then there's also people that'll pay you to eat them. <laughs> Are we sure COVID didn't come from Louisiana? Oh, I could have. It actually, uh, New Orleans and Baton Rouge was like a big like, hot spot for a while. You think they'd be immune? Do right? they also eat that? No. No. Okay. So no. at least there's that. Yeah, there's that. They, they draw a line somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of, you know, rabbit and stuff like that. That's pretty yeah, common, rabbit, rabbit stew and stuff. But see, like, I come up here and I've never had elk. Okay. And people are like, oh my God, you've never had elk? And I'm like, no. Well, it's like, that makes sense. Like, why would you? <laughs> there's not a lot of elk. I mean, I'm sure there's deer down there. Yeah, we there's have deer. deer. I've everywhere. had deer. I love deer. Um, you know, my boyfriend, like, freaked out. He was like, you've never seen an elk before? And I'm like, where the hell in Louisiana am I supposed to see an elk? Yeah, like buffalo, and you yeah. probably never seen buffalo. You don't see that. I've seen plenty of alligators. Yeah, see, and that's just that. That'd be the same as asking somebody here, like, "Oh, you've never just seen an alligator in the wild?" Yeah, like walking around, like, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's all kind. Ugh. 
I don't even want to know the bug situation. The <gasps> yeah. That's what I, when I got here and I was like, they were like, yeah, there's no roaches in Montana. I was like, there's no roaches? Well, that's not true. Yeah. It's not, it's not quite an epidemic, but like, I know uh, there's, there's like some apartments in the Heights that are getting oh. vacated because of roaches. Oh. But I would yeah. imagine it's like probably an invasive thing. Somebody brought it with them from probably on yeah. a vacation or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, there's lots of bugs and the mosquitoes are terrible down there. Yeah, I mean we get them here too, but I, I can't imagine. I'm sure it's because that's their climate is that hot, humid. Mm-hmm. They thrive in that. Yeah, and they like don't die in the winter because it doesn't get cold. <laughs> I'm just thinking spiders, like Ooh. spider. Yeah, just black like the- widows, brown recluses. <sighs> That see, I could never do it. I yeah. could never live there. But you know what? I've decided already. The place I could never, ever, ever in my entire life live. Australia. Oh yeah, they've got the weird shit like big spiders and like pe- the way Ooh. I've seen. Have you seen the videos of people where like the spider will just be chilling on their on the roof of their car mm-hmm. and like they're just cool about it because they have them all the time. Oh. Shoot. Mm-mm. Me now. I don't understand how people have, like, tarantulas as pets. Nah. No, because, like, a spider, like a normal spider, you can squish it. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine stomping on a tarantula? I think I have before. Oh. Like, I saw a big spider in... I used to live at this apartment building, and, like, there was a big old spider outside, and I stomped it. I didn't even realize what kind of spider it was. I probably should have just jarred it, but I think it was a tarantula. So that somebody just let out. Because when I stepped on it, it, like, popped. Ooh, did it have a big, like, crunch? It, like, caved in under my foot. Oh, disgusting. Yeah. When I was in high school... I hate bugs so much. I do, too. When I was in high school, there was a spider in my room, and, um, like, I had tile floor in my room for some reason. No, it was that, like, stained concrete. And so I was like, ew, a big spider. And I stomped on it. I didn't realize it was, like, pregnant. Oh, no. And so, like, thousands of little babies came my worst nightmare. Out. I didn't sleep in my room for, like, a week after that. Because no. I was like, I know there's ugh, baby spiders in there somewhere. Then you just got an infestation. Yeah. That's why I spray the house. So, a couple months ago, my boss caught a moth. Because <laughs> I know you love moths. She caught a moth, and it was like the size of my hand. Yep. And she was like bringing I've... it around. And at this point in my life, I was like... Was it dead then? <clears throat> no, it was alive. At this point in my life, I was kind of like a... Uh, I'd been reflecting on a bunch of things that I had a chance to do that I was too scared to and then regretted later. So she was like, do you want to hold it? And that was one of the things And you every were... no but at the time I was like, I don't want to regret this later. Like, this is a chance to do something I've never done before. And I was like, I really don't want to, but sure, I'll hold it and I held it. It was kinda cool, but yeah, it was like the size of my hand. I would rather walk into traffic. Yeah. Than hold a moth that big. <laughs> I've seen the videos of people holding moths that, that big and like the way they do their like arms. Mm-hmm. Ooh wee. <laughs> Forget about it. I, I But I am glad I did it because now I can always say that you did it. Yeah. You, like tell you about my moth story and watch you squirm. Yeah. 
that's definitely something not on my bucket list. Yeah. I'd like to kill a moth that big. I don't even want to be around one. <laughs> I don't, yeah, mo- moth. So do they have stinging caterpillars here? No. Like like you're talking about the... The black ones with the spikes all over them? I don't think so. Oh, you'd know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, I was thinking a centipede, but no, we, I don't think we have those either. The yeah, caterpillars. so they're, um, they're like big... Well, they're not that big. They're like this long, like that big around, and they have black spikes all over them. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And when I was little, I was riding my bike without shoes on for some reason, and I stepped off my bike and stepped right on one, and that hurt. They're not poisonous or nothing, are they? Um, Well, I mean, they have poison in them. That's what, like, makes it sting so bad, but no, it's not, like... Venomous. Right. Yeah. My mom had to put toothpaste, like, on the bottom of my foot, and there was all these, like, little holes. <sighs> yeah. So what about, like, snakes? You got, you, you guys got, like, some pretty wild snakes, too, I'm assuming. Yeah, they have, like, water moccasins, mm. which the only thing worse than a snake on ground what, is watching a snake in the water, like, slither. See, I, my, I, I wouldn't bother, be bothered by a snake in the water because I don't like water anyway. Yeah. Like there's I I've decided ultimately that I hate nature. Yeah. I don't like nature. Nature's <laughs> scary. But and the water is beyond I I don't even care about the ocean. I don't care about lakes cuz you can't see what's down there. Well, here you can. Kinda. But like at least the water's clear here. The water down there is so murky. Like you can put your hand like an inch below surface and you can't see it. Yeah, I mean, see, but then there you got like gators just lurking under the water, snakes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess Ooh. we don't really have that here. But even still, I don't want to get rubbed up on by a catfish. No, I've I've been like swimming in the river one time and here had like no oh uh, down south and when I was in, like, high school and had a fish, like, rub up on my leg and, like, I freaked out. I don't like it. I was swimming in the Gulf one time, so uh, we had an uh, recovery, like, AA convention down in Grand Isle, which is, like, a huge, like, fishing. Like, a lot of people go there to go deep sea fishing or saltwater fishing, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the place where I was living at at the time, Mission Heart, they had rented the biggest house on the beach for us and when you say beach don't it's don't picture anything pretty it's like the sand's black from like the oil oh wow and yeah it's but it's still fun okay so we're out in the water and um all my friends are like on shore and they're like doing this and like and I'm like, hey, you know, like, oh, they're waving at me. And I turn around and a porpoise, which is basically a dolphin, mm-hmm. swims right behind me. Things like this big. I have never jumped out of the water and ran to shore so fast in my life. And there was like a dude down the shore and he was like, you know, those rape people. And they do. Yeah. And, well, I didn't know that. I'm like, what? And I didn't get in the water after that. I was freaked out. Yeah, even dolphins, like nature's most friendly animals, they'll, they'll rape you. Yeah. So like, the ocean can just go fuck itself because it's just as scary as anywhere else in nature. But the thing I was going to say is about snakes. 
A snake on ground doesn't scare me as much as a snake in a tree. Oh. Like, if I was just, like, walking around and then all of a sudden there's a snake right eye level with me, forget about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't do... Anything that uses its, like, own body to, like, propel forward is not cool with me. There's a reason that the devil is always depicted as a snake. Yeah. Or, like, a sn- you know, whatever. The snake is... Yeah. Is a sign of the devil. Because Ugh. they are disgusting. Yeah, yeah, no legs, no arms. Yeah. Weird. What a weird... That is weird. And, the, yeah, when you see them in the water, like, they just... Ugh. But what does it tell you about me that... I am more fearful of moths than snakes. Yeah. Snakes I don't, don't really know. bother me. They're not really like I mean I don't want to be face to face with a cobra, but yeah. I mean that's just it's it, it's also because it seems like such a less likely scenario for me to like come face to face with a snake than it does with just I don't know. Up on the rims they've got tons of rattlesnakes. You, do I look like somebody that just walks around the rims? No. No. Unless there's a snake at Hooligan's Bar. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there sure as hell can be a spider in there. Yeah. So you can uh, you can come across a spider anywhere. I'm not too afraid to walk around and just catch myself in, in front of a snake. Mm. I'm an indoors That's cat. True. Until there's a snake in your house. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> uh, so my great-great-grandma, excuse me, she died when she was 101. Oh, wow. And she's from my, on my dad's side. So they, uh, I say he's from the Pensacola area because that's like the biggest town close by, but he's actually from Burnville. <laughs> and that's like where my whole Levin's family is from. And um, so my great great grandma had 14 kids, and um, they were like super poor growing up. And, um, but she ended up in old age being a little thrown off a little bit. And she used to like keep baby chickens in the drawers of her dresser in her bedroom. And like, she tried to bless her horse with Windex cause she didn't have holy water cause it got sick. Well, um, there was a story that's been told for years but she uh apparently she was using the bathroom and a snake (laughs) came out so she just grabbed the scissors that were on like the sink and cut its head off damn and i'm like yeah that's not doesn't sound fun to me right yeah when we would go for family reunions everybody would be like Granny, the snake. Granny P made that, and she made that, so don't eat it. Because she used to, like, go digging through the dumpsters behind the Piggly Wiggly and, like, cook with it. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeah. I mean, people were eating roadkill, too, so I guess right, I shouldn't yeah. be that shocked. I have a um, very interesting family. We all do. Yeah. I could, I mean, you probably know <laughs> some stories I've told. So. Yeah. Um, now, I, I wanted to ask you this, too, and if this is a touchy subject and we can cut this out, but we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, and if you're open enough to talk about it, I wanted to ask you about, you've dealt with some addiction yeah. stuff before. Yeah. And it, obviously referencing this to recovery and things like that, but 
Is that something you're... Yeah, cool? okay. sure. I didn't want to bring it up and have it be an uncomfortable conversation. No, I uh, don't mind talking about it because if my story can help somebody, then that's what I'm here for, you know? Okay, well... Uh, then just let's hear it. Just the, the, <laughs> as far as like your story, as far as how it started, how you got out of it, and just any of the any details you want to add, whatever. Okay, um, I'll try and like sum it up because <laughs> my life story is pretty wild. But um, so yeah, growing up, I always felt like. I didn't fit in and like I didn't belong I don't know I just remember always feeling super alone and uh, I was always awkward and shy so <clears throat> when I was in high school I was like super against drugs didn't do anything didn't drink blah 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 well I ended up meeting who is now my oldest child's father and he was like smoking weed and stuff and I remember thinking to myself like what's so good about that because I would would ask him like to stop and then he wouldn't I'm like what's so good about that that it he can't stop for me and um all through dare and like you know childhood they like ingrain in you that marijuana is the gateway drug oh it's a horrible drug and you're gonna get addicted and then you can't function on it and all this stuff and then this is so, your brain on marijuana was that was that a thing yeah i think with the girl that's like deflated yeah yeah the- oh those were the worst <laughs> yeah so i had this like preconceived notion that marijuana was horrible okay so like time went on and I just ended up one day being like, fuck it, I'll try it. And when I did, I was like, this isn't bad. I'm like, I'm not addicted. Like, there's no repercussions apart from the fact that it was illegal. And, um, like, all this stuff they told me about it growing up, like, wasn't true. So I started smoking a lot. And then when the next drug came along, I'm like, well, they lied about marijuana surely like they're lying about everything else and um one thing led to another and I ended up uh using pills and I was on pills for a really long time and then that progressed into heroin and meth use on a daily basis so that was like five years and lots of stuff happened abusive relationship um I was living in my car for a while um just everything and uh ended up having my daughter and things just got worse and worse and so my parents ended up calling OCS on me and I lost custody of my daughter and um that was kind of like the catalyst that first got me to treatment um I guess it was a couple months after that she was one and I just, my life was going to shit and everything was out of control. And it just, like, it dawned on me that, like, I'm an addict. Like, this isn't normal. I'm spending all my money to get high so that I can function to go to work, to get money so that I can get high so that I can function to go to work. And it was just this cycle of misery. And I hated myself. And I, I never, like, attempted suicide but every time I would 
do heroin, I would hope that that was the time that I wouldn't wake up. And um, I ended up total overdosing seven times. And I remember every time that they would hit me with the Narcan to wake me up, I would, my first thought would be like, why did you wake me up? You know? So I ended up reaching out. What had happened was I got a bonus at work or something and I had like 1600 bucks on Friday. And by Saturday night, I was trying to find pennies on the ground to roll them up so that I could put 50 cents of gas in my car. Fuck. Yeah. So, um, I ended up reaching out to my mom and I was like, I'm ready and I want help. And then I went to treatment and that, uh, I thought treatment was going to be like, uh, you go here, you do steps one through 12 and then you're cured and then you're, you're just live the rest of your life. But that's not really how it works. I got there and they were like, no, you're going to learn about yourself and your character defects and, um, And then you have to work on this every day for the rest of your life. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like it's, yeah, that seems like a lot of work. I'm like for the rest of my life. And they're like, yeah. And, um, which can be daunting at first, but, uh, it's more of like a, you know, you do what you got to do on a daily basis to make sure that you're stay good. Um, well, so, it's like you do that already, basically. You know, you just subconsciously do it. Yeah. And it's like, once you're asked to do it, it seems more daunting. Yeah. But we do it all the time. We're always constantly trying to... Improve. Yeah. Yeah. We're just not thinking about it as, as openly. As exactly, yeah. So I ended up... Um, I didn't stay sober that time, and... There was a lot of years in between. I ended up going to treatment a total of six times. Um, but I never gave up. And after the first treatment, it's like once you learn about, like, the program of AA, it's like getting high is not ever going to be the same anymore. Because you know exactly what's about to happen. So um, I guess I'll just sum it up to, like, my last high and how I got sober and stayed sober. Um So 2018 was probably one of the worst years of my life. Um, My boyfriend at the time had uh, passed away from an overdose. Um, I ended up dropping out of college. I, uh, I just couldn't keep it together. I lost everything that I had. And, um, so I was running around with these people and all my stuff. I ended up having to leave it at their house and, I uh, ended up coming back like two days later and all they gave me was like a trash bag with like two outfits in it. And all I had was 99 cent pair of Walmart flip flops and like some shorts and a t-shirt. And we had gone all day and we were just doing all this stuff. And finally, at the end of the day, I looked at my, um, I guess you can call it a, a friend, but you know, those kind of people aren't real friends. And I just looked at him and I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just want to go home. And then it, I, it dawned on me. I was like, I don't even know where home is. And I just felt so lost. Like, I don't have a home. I don't have anywhere to go where I feel safe. And I just don't want to do this anymore. So I reached out and I ended up going to treatment for the last time the next day. And 
they were like, so what are you going to do different this time? And that's what they ask you every time you go. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. And, um, like, I had gained a lot of knowledge about the program of AA and the book. And, like, I could recite. I can still recite, like, pages off of the book and stuff. And so I always thought that I knew what I was doing. And so when I got to treatment this time, I went in like I knew nothing and I was open and I was willing to take suggestions. And um, the God part of it was always like a huge like thing for me. And I didn't ever, I just kind of like skipped over that part. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, we'll skip that part. And that's kind of like what had always kept me blocked off. And so this time they were like, why don't you go to Mission Heart, which is a faith-based sober living house? And I was like, I'm not going to the Jesus house. Like, I like to listen to rap music and Black <laughs> Sabbath. And like, I'm not going to this this convent you want me to go to. And um, and so I was like dead set on not going there for a couple days. And then finally I was like, you know what? I said that I was going to do what people suggested and I'm just going to give it a try so I ended up going to Mission Heart and I lived there for a whole year and we went to church every Sunday we had Bible study but like the church we went to the pastor has been to prison before yeah it's like I'd never been to a church where I didn't feel judged and that this church which is the Acacia Church in Baton Rouge um I felt like I belonged there and like I, I was at home and so, and then I realized that, like, the way he preached, it was more like not just reading from the Bible, these words that didn't make sense. It was like... They broke it down. He broke it down, yeah, and related it to real life. And I was like, all of this stuff he's saying is, like, the same stuff they're saying in AA. And, like, it kind of meshed together for me. And it's like, I don't know when it happened, but I just realized one day that, like, hey, like I woke up and... I didn't think about using drugs today and you know and it just progressed on from there and you know I uh ended up moving out and having my daughter and then moving here and now I've been sober for three years and four months you know and I just it's not always easy and the whole treatment process is the hardest part is that first asking for help. Yeah. You know, and cause at one point in my life, I thought that I was destined to be a drug addict for the rest of my life. I thought that I had no purpose and I was never going to be anything but a drug addict. And, um, I was more scared to live my life sober than I was to keep getting high and I, putting myself in because I've been in situations where there were guns put to my head where there was knives put to my throat like I've been in some really shitty situations but I was more scared at that point in time to live sober than I was to be in those situations and so once I finally had the courage to ask for help that's where everything changed for me you just gotta make that leap yeah that's leap of faith and and like I said, it, all my days aren't great. You know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies, but it's a lot better than where I was. And it's worth it to me to stay sober. Are there still things you do today that are like treatment based? 
Um, I or at least in your personal life, whether that's I, not necessarily going to to treat or go. Um, well, ever since COVID, like they shut all the AA meetings down, and they which were is all, crazy. Like, do you know how many I addicts know. are going to like relapse? You know how many people that? did relapse? I know it's crazy. Like over the past three weeks, there's like five people I know in Baton Rouge that passed away. Wow. Yeah, like it's it it really messed up a lot of people. But um, I um. I don't know. I, I've been to a few AA meetings here and there. I don't go as much as I used to. I used to, because when I lived in sober living, I had to go to like three meetings a week and, and do all this stuff, which became like a, a big chore, but I needed it at that point. Right. You know, um, if I'm feeling off or whatever, I know that I can go to an AA meeting and feel better, but I also don't think that, for me at least, I don't like to speak for other people, I don't need to go to one every day for the rest of my life right i've more leaned towards like the church aspect which i'm just super attached to my church in baton rouge so i listen to their podcast every week instead of going to the service right and i lean more on that than i do the aa now but aa was definitely a tool that taught me about myself and it brought me to god okay if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's that's interesting. I never really I knew this, but I never really pieced it together until just now how faith-based recovery is. Mm-hmm. Because every addict I've ever listened to, like talked to is very religious. Yeah. Or, or I shouldn't say addict, but every recovered addict. Yeah. Is um yeah, they're very very religious. And it makes sense. Yeah. And um yeah, and that's always what's funny is that's the usually the one thing when people get to recovery, they're like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> well, and that's interesting, too, because it's like, I don't know, um, I, it's hard for me to speak as never have been an addict, but it's like I imagine when you're in that position, like you said, you're basically facing rock bottom mm-hmm. and and... Most people who have, who get that far, I mean, there's never a, a sunny side of it. Even yeah. if you even if you're born into wealth and you live in in a good, let, let's say, for instance, it's somebody who just lives with their parents. Their parents have a lot of money. They're um, what's it called? Um, where they're uh, like allowing the behavior. What's the word? I'm enabling. Looking? Enabling. Yes, they're enabling the behavior by constantly giving them money to get high and blah 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 so they're they're not necessarily in a bad situation where but but their life is still within themselves it's it's inner torment of the fact that they are at rock bottom still yeah like you never hear the story where they're like the 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 happy addict yeah the content addict i mean even like celebrities like Lindsay lohan and you know stuff like robin williams like committed suicide he actually committed suicide the day I went to rehab the very first time. Oh wow! Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's it's it's. There's never a a bright side to it, and it's like. It's it's like they they lose. It's it, whether they had faith before or not. Mm-hmm. It's like a rejection of God. Like there can be no God because why would a God make my life this much of a hell? Yeah, and that, that's exactly what I thought for a long time. But then you also, on the flip side, 
when you're alone like I specifically remember one night and it was in like July and um I had nowhere to sleep but in my car and um I didn't have enough gas to let it idle while I slept so I had to roll the windows down mosquitoes were eating me alive it was hot it was humid and at that point in my life I'd never felt more alone all I had left was to turn to God because even as much as I wanted to deny that I believed or thought that he had like left me at the end of the day that's the only thing that I had so I mean it, it yeah it makes a lot of sense that and really because I've been so torn with faith and and what I believe and things like that I've been really like trying to find myself in that lately mm-hmm. and it's like what you just said there that's all you had and to me when you say that I what I feel is like they say we are all part of of God's creation like mm-hmm. we are we each have a part of God in us because God we are made in God's image so we are all children of God. Right. Right? And to say that God is all we had left, or all you had left, that's in you. Mm-hmm. And so you're all you had left. You yeah. know? And so you found, it's like people who, who, who find God find themselves. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's, to find God or to, or to, or to feel like, you know, God is all that's left. It's like, you that's you and you're finding yourself. You're, you're rediscovering yourself. The way somebody, the first time somebody explained it to me, um, where it actually made sense, they were like, you know, that voice in your head when you're going to steal something or do something, you know, is wrong. Like your parents tell you not to, you know, that voice that's like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, yeah, that's my conscience guilt. And they were like, that's God, because that's not of you. Everything in you wants to do what you were told not to. That's not of you saying that you shouldn't. That's God. And for a long time, like, you can block that voice out and ignore it for so long that you don't hear it anymore. But it, and then when you get sober and, like, start doing things, you hear it a lot more. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That, to me, in the most dumbed-down, simplest way is... And that's how I had to start. Because, you know, taking me to church and, and reading the Bible was, like, totally off-putting at the time. But when somebody said that, I was like, okay, I can start with that. Right. Well, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, we understand without... You feel guilt. You feel like you know when things are bad. Yeah. You know when what you're doing is wrong or or is immoral, and you feel it. And then the way I always look at it too is like love. Yeah. You, you don't you don't see love. You don't. Love is not something that's like textile. Right. You can only feel love within you, and you can feel you know guilt and things like that those are all things that are also not physical Mm -hmm. and so it's like how do we know that's not the voice of god in us or just our spirit alone speaking to us yeah so 
I tend to be more like spiritual because I'm I think like scientifically and if I think too much if I allow myself to think too much about stuff like the Bible and stories then I'll start to like question and doubt so I just kind of have to go with it and um yeah I like to be more spiritual more so than religious is how I would oh, describe I'm myself definitely definitely spiritual yeah and so it's like there's no it to my to for me there's no question that we ha- have a spirit. Like we have, there's yeah. more to us beyond this physical shell. Right. Like yeah. we're more than just a a consciousness. Even mm-hmm. like there is, because how do you describe feeling? Yeah. Like I don't think I personally don't think feeling comes from like synapses in the brain. It comes from a greater place than that. Yeah. Because it's indescribable. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So, and and the fact that you do get connections with other people in that. Mm-hmm. Like, certain people feel empathy. Like, you can feel somebody else's pain. You can yeah. feel somebody else's, like, the way they are feeling. Yeah. And so it's, that that's that's a connection. And, and you can't get that from a physical place. Right. That's from a different a different uh, realm, or, or yeah. it's just a different. It's a different frequency. That's the word. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I'm thinking of like waves. Yeah, because yeah. I read a book one time. It was called the Synchronicity Key, and it's talking about how, like, um, gravity. It. I'm totally not going to describe it right, and it's going to sound stupid. But if you read the book, it makes a lot of sense. But it's talking about how like gravity is alive, and it can. Um, like there's scientific evidence to prove it and it's talking about how like um have you ever been like just thinking to yourself or something like man i like pizza some pizza would be nice and then like your roommate comes home with pizza absolutely and you're like well i was just thinking about pizza Mm -hmm. it's because like you can send like messages through the universe through the people. frequencies or like if you randomly think about somebody you went to high school with haven't seen or thought about them and in then years they show up. yeah and then they show up yep i've had that or they happening. randomly call you or message you on facebook and you're like what the hell once well, and, and people would call that coincidence well i don't maybe th- that's just the universe speaking to you exactly like yeah. maybe there's a maybe there's a reason you thought of that person rather than you thought of that person and then reason happened mm-hmm I've had that happen before. I've thought, uh, randomly thought about somebody that I haven't in a really long time, and then they end up, like, passing away. Or, uh, like, this one lady I used to live with, and um, I randomly thought about her a while back, and I just messaged her to see, like, how she was doing. She ended up getting in a car wreck, like, two days after that, and she's still alive. But um, it's like... Some people say that's the universe sending you messages. Some people say God put that person on your heart for a reason, but it's all the same. Yeah, I think I believe that you know? as well. It's all, I mean, whether you believe it as God being whatever, whatever figure or form you imagine God as, it's the same. It's all yeah. the same. Yeah. Just like all these different religions and people fight and we're all... It's all the same. It's all the same. You're, just, you're saying the same thing, just in a different way. I don't think there's one right God and one wrong God. I think it's all, like, the same 
energy or presence. It's just how people perceive it. Absolutely. So, um, what else was I going to ask you about with the, um, what, what that would be your advice then to, what would be your advice to somebody struggling with addiction? Um, just reach out, you know, uh, anybody can always, I don't care if you're in Louisiana, Montana, or somewhere else, like you can find me on Facebook. I have connections or I can get you to somebody who can get you connections. And just, if you're scared, just talk to somebody. You know, because I know for I was super scared for a long time, and random people in my life I would see get sober, and I would just be like, "Damn, how did they do that?" And so I would think just just reaching out, just to talk to somebody, would be the best choice. Absolutely, yeah. No, I've I come from a family of addicts, yeah. so luckily they've all you know most of them have bounced back mm-hmm. and. And have got, done their route of recovery. And oh, I was gonna ask you too. Did you deal with with withdrawals pretty hard? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I because f- I know heroin is a bitch. It is with withdrawals. It's um, it's not fun. <laughs> it's your whole body hurts. It feels like you have the flu, hot and cold sweats. Um diarrhea vomiting um the worst part for me though is like you get like this restless legs Mm. and in your arms and stuff and i would literally just sit there and throw my arms like this for hours and you can't sleep i remember i didn't sleep for like three days one time and you're just like praying but you never had to do like supplementation did you you never did like methadone or um What's what's the other one? Um, Suboxin. Yeah. Or Subutex. Right. Well, uh, if you go to a medical detox, which is what I did when I went to get sober, I was in um, medical detox for a week, and they start you out on, like, a high dose of Suboxin, and then they, like, lower it every day. And then you finally, like, wean off so you don't really go through withdrawals. But on the streets, there was several times where I would you know not have anything and it's and then the mental part in you if I could only find some money if I can only do this then I won't feel like shit because um I'd say probably the first six months of my drug usage was fun right and then it just becomes habit and but then it becomes a means of survival right and I didn't even get high anymore you just were relying on I was needing it so I wouldn't feel sick right like, I was having to spend $100 at least a day to feel just like I do right now. That's I wasn't crazy. feeling good. I was just not sick. Oh, so. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm very happy to hear that you, you've been able to make that recovery because not a lot of people can. Yeah. And, but it definitely can be done. Oh, yeah. You know? And um, I think a lot of people don't, it's like... There's so many people who use out there, and of those people, only a small percentage, like, actually get to go to treatment. And of the percentage that go to treatment, only a small percentage of that actually stay sober. It's really sad. Yeah, it's like a... I mean, it's addiction. It's it's literally like a, a hold. It is. That, that's it's, hard to break. Like, my counselor told me one time, she was like, 
for me, watching y'all leave here and relapse and come back is like somebody who broke their legs, had to go through six months of uh, physical therapy, physical therapy to learn how to walk again. And as soon as they leave physical therapy, go and run out in front of a bus and break their legs again. That's what it's like. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and it's you can't really look at it as failure from their part because it's just like, but it, yeah, it, it's like watch, it's watching someone else fail, mm-hmm. like c- continuously failing. Yeah, and like it's yeah, it's got to be pretty rough to watch that. Yeah, and what sucks, um, you know, the recovery community is awesome. You know, they always do like events, like barbecues and you know, baseball tournaments, stuff like that, but the on the flip side of it you meet a lot of people and they don't make it and that's the hardest part about recovery for me because you, yeah you're in that you you like you said yeah you, you're a community and you meet these people and then some mm-hmm. of them fall I've, back on old times no i know at least it has to be at least 30 people in the past five years that have passed away damn god yeah that's gotta be rough yeah and to know that they were trying and then to mm-hmm. know that they've because nine times out of ten, when somebody overdoses, is, is because they got sober, and then they went back out and used again. Their body wasn't used to it. Like, people who have been shooting heroin for ten years straight don't just randomly overdose. That tends to not happen. Right. Damn. Well, yeah, I mean, I can leave a link to the whatever recovery things you like is there a, a website or like um, a, a yeah, hotline I can, I can get one for you yeah okay and then you can put my phone number and um also my boyfriend he has a tiktok channel and it's um at breaking the cycle and he does a lot of recovery videos but he also does a lot of comedy videos okay so i'll leave a link someone to wants to check that out that'd be cool yeah we'll leave a link to the uh like a uh, addiction hotline or something like that in the description so if anybody's hearing this and needs help they can just have an easy access to that yeah so right on uh let's end on a more upbeat note i mean even though that's, <laughs> not, that's not a downbeat note because we're talking about recovery yeah the whole point is to talk about recovery and and the fact that you can do it yeah so sure. but that so that's it's a, it's it's ultimately a positive note right yeah but um i wanted to ask you about ufc because, ufc because that's tonight i know um so you're kind of just now getting into it or have you been into it for well, a while i was into it like back when like force griffin was okay yeah pop- like i was into it around that time and then you know life took a turn and i wasn't really <laughs> worried about ufc and then i've just here recently back past year or two Josh, started boy, watching again your boy dustin poirier i know Ugh, that was so upsetting still though i mean he, he has he, you can't deny his run like oh yeah how good of a run could you have in 20 if he would have beat Oliveira mm-hmm. and and been the champ, he would have been fighter of the year. Yeah. Because nobody had a bigger year than him, really. Yeah. I still kind of wish that the last McGregor fight would have gone differently. Just not have ended that way. Yeah. Yeah, that was like ugh. I didn't want I didn't want that for Dustin. I didn't want that for Connor. Right. I didn't want that for any of them because and I being such a Connor fan, and I love Dustin too. Mm-hmm. So that's just hard in general, but being such a Connor fan, I did not want that for him in in both the sense of him getting hurt that way. 
of the fight basically not ending. You know, we didn't get the final, the, right. the true final yeah. decision as to who won that trilogy. It was like a fluke. And then the way Connor just ended it with just still being a sour, on a sour note, it just doesn't, it's not, the whole time I've ever watched Connor, he's always been gracious in defeat. Mm-hmm. He's always been humble in victory. And that was the one first time I've seen where he was not. Yeah. Even when he lost to Khabib, which was his biggest rivalry ever. Right. He still was, like, humble in defeat. Yeah. That was... Yeah, that was such, like, a letdown. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Dustin doesn't get the satisfaction of having actually... Actually beating well, him. Well, and he did actually beat him. Yeah, but... Like, that still counts as a win, but it's not as satisfying. Right. Yeah. And and it sucks for both of them. I mean, they both got paid, so it is what it is. And you're not... I don't think we're going to see a fourth one. People... I think some people are kind of hoping for it, but I don't think it'll happen. Maybe maybe way down the line, but I think Dustin's almost done. Yeah. I think Connor's the way Connor's bulked up, he's going to fight Nate Diaz. I think that's you're going to see that in July. Mhm. I think it's going to be Connor versus Nate 3. And that'll be Nate's last fight. It might be Connor's last I fight. Like, I don't think Connor has a lot much longer left. I think that's what they go out on is that. They both will go out on that. And then Dustin will fight either... Dustin might go up and fight like Colby Covington or something like that. Yeah. I just don't know. I think Dustin's... I I think Dustin's going to fight again because he would have already announced that he's not. Right, yeah. He would have already made that decision. So I think we will see him again, whether it's his last fight or just another fight. I don't think he stays in the lightweight division, though. Mm -mm. I think he goes to the welterweight. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that Amanda Nunez fight was like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, oh, this is going to end soon. And then, I don't know. It was just awesome. Everybody. I was shocked. Yeah, everybody was like, what? What? Like, <laughs> it, it, that was awesome to watch. But what I thought was funny is um, <coughs> so we went to uh, Cadillac Jack's. I have really awesome wings, by the way. I love that place. Uh, yeah. So, um,. Oh, another side note. You can actually go to a bar and stay sober, not have to drink. Oh, yeah, right. Because <laughs> uh, we wanted a group of our friends, and I, I thought it was hilarious because our tab was like 20 bucks because we ordered some wings and water, and everybody else's was like 80, 90 bucks because they were drinking. But um, what was I saying? Talking about the Nunez fight? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we were there, and I don't... I lost my train of thought. You're talking about how crazy it was that they... Yeah, everybody in the bar just was, like, standing up and, like, what the fuck? Oh, now I remember. I'm sorry. So, um, yeah, before, like, during the prelims, I was talking to uh, one of the guys that was there, and I was like, you know, nobody really uses submissions anymore. I was like, I can't remember the last time I've seen a good arm bar or something. And then that night, like three of them ended in submissions and i was like damn I yeah dustin lost by submission anything pena won by dis by submission i remember you know what's funny is just because you said cadillac jacks when i saw rousey lose to holly Holm, mm-hmm. just another huge shocking upset that was also at cadillac jacks yeah i'm like oh, i should have betted somebody oh psh, yeah you can always say that hindsight right who do you got in tonight's fight um, this I'm not gonna lie. I don't this know. is the absolute hardest I've ever tried to make a decision as to. I, I'm not convinced That's one way or the other. I was saying I really don't know because like Gone is still like 
coming up. So he's like on that momentum of like been winning and working his way up. But then I don't know. Well, it's just They say Gon has the best striking, the best footwork, the best movement in of any heavyweight right now. Besides maybe John Jones, if John Jones were to come back. Or it was actually gonna make that. Yeah. Um but uh Francis just has that knockout power. I know. And Francis Francis is is just powerful f- and it's the the Francis hasn't fought in almost a year. Yeah. He he has he doesn't have a lot of cage time in the last 3 years. When he has been in, it's been quick. Yeah. And it's he only fought the one time last year. Gone fought twice or maybe even three times last year. Yeah, he um God, I can't think. He beat Derek Lewis. Yeah. And he beat no. um, somebody else. I don't remember who else he fought. But he, he's, he fought at least twice last year. And so he's had the experience. He's definitely a technically better fighter. But with Francis, he's got the heart. I think yeah. Francis, Francis has been through so much. And he has so much to lose. And I just love him. I do too. Like I, I I want him to win, but now here's 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 where I get questioning it on a technical like forget the skills, forget just everything about the fighting aspect of it. Here's where I start getting kind of thinking about it in a sense of Francis. I think is going to leave. I mean, if if he, this is where I get so so <laughs> it could go one way or the other. Yeah, because either Francis is going to win in spectacular fashion and be the champion Mm -hmm. and they'll have to renegotiate his contract or they'll be put in a better place to renegotiate his contract Mm -hmm. i'm just trying to think of what francis's mind is here because they could renegotiate his contract but he only will do it if he gets a chance to box and why wouldn't they want that why wouldn't they want him to box a guy like tyson fury under the ufc banner just like they did with connor Mm -hmm. The problem is, I don't know that the UFC would negotiate that because they're not going to want to like give levity to the fighters. Because if Francis does it, then all these other fighters are going to have levity gonna, to do yeah. the same thing. So will Francis want to take that chance? Because if he wins, he has to sit out another year before vacating that title. Yeah, he would have to sit out a year. Like it would, ha- it would have to be a full year to to vacate that title, and then he's free to go do whatever he wants. Right. At the same time. He could just lose and then get to go box right away. Right, yeah. But then he loses momentum. Like, he wouldn't get that Fury fight. There's not as much of a draw for him to get the Fury fight if he's coming off a loss. Yeah. So it's like, it's It's, such a toss up. I don't know. I think it's a really good matchup. It really is. It's going to be a good fight no matter what. Did you watch the last Tyson Fury fight? Uh huh. That was one of the best fights that I have ever seen. Yeah, it was bar it was bar none one of the best boxing matches I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, because I'm not really. I mean, I'll watch boxing, but I'm not. UFC is more fun for yeah. me to watch. I'm definitely more of a fan. But that boxing match, I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time. Me too. And and I I think as far as I know, Tyson Fury's already offered Naganu a fight. <laughs> and I think that's a high selling fight, but it's really oh, yeah. only a high selling fight if he wins, retains the championship. Yeah. So now that I've like said it out loud, it, I think Francis has everything to gain. Mm-hmm. He has more to gain and everything to lose 
kind of a thing. If he loses his fight tonight, he doesn't get his boxing match. He might not even get to renegotiate with the UFC. They right. might just say fuck it because now he's not the champion. They have more levity to sign him if he remains the champion. Yeah. He has all the all everything is in his court. All the balls are in his court if he wins tonight. And because of that, I'm going to take Francis. Cuz I think he's got everything to lose and he's been down that road before. His story is incredible. Yeah. I um I definitely want him to win. But then you got the technical prowess of Gone. That's who what is, I'm saying. I'm like I keep every time I'm like yeah, I think he'll win, and then I'm like, but, and then I, and he's a wrestler, like he, he's a hit. submission guy. He he's deadly on all sides of it, and we don't know if Francis has a gas tank enough to stay in it to the end. Right. If Gone could easily just like toy around with him and and make him wear out, but at the same time, Francis might be planning for that. Yeah. So we'll he see. Would want to. This could be like the most interesting heavyweight fight of all time. I know. But I'm officially saying it. I got Francis. That's officially who I'm going to go with. I I think I'm I'm going to go with that too. And then I got Brandon Moreno. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And the rest of them, I'm not really. Could still be a good fight with Brandon Moreno, and Figueroa's still a great fighter. So. Oh yeah. I don't like him though. <laughs> I yeah. love Brandon Moreno. Such a nice guy. I like. Uh... Oh, I can't think. The dude, um, oh, he fought last time. O'Malley. Sugar Sean. I love him. He's from Montana. I know. Yeah, from yeah. Helena. And of course I love Poirier, because you got to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like Dustin. I still love Dustin. Yeah. Gotta get some of his hot sauce. Really? Did you know he had a hot sauce? I knew he had a hot sauce, but I haven't tried it. Yeah, I haven't either. I want to I get some of that. Mm. The diamond. <laughs> well. Well. I think we're reaching the end here. As you know, from listening to so many episodes, which I much appreciate. Yes. We like to end the episode with a positive or motivational message that you've taken from your life that you can give back to the listener. What comes to mind? Um, don't give up on yourself. Um, no matter how far down you've fallen or where you're at in life, you can always come back and, you know turn it around you're never fully alone god's always with you i like it that's a great one to end on um if you need help we'll leave the description or leave the link in the uh description for uh addiction help and if you enjoyed this episode thank you for watching to the end like share subscribe but of course most importantly (laughs) don't forget Life's a garden. Dig it.